1: Hi, this is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats
2: Vilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
3: Well, 24 hours ago, we were talking about how the United States of America had lost to Victoria Koshmova. Uh, well, things have turned around pretty dramatically. I think the United States as a nation and as a Billie Jean King Cup team have taken that rather personally. <laughs> and uh, they have come out and they have thumped Spain in straight sets in both of their singles to reach the semi-finals. And uh, Matt has been there courtside throughout uh, the day in Prague and that was really something wasn't it from from that american team i mean let, let's let's start with uh, with the players that have actually won those two matches sloane stevens and then daniel collins winning through in straight sets and and the most recent of those two was was daniel collins who has just beaten sara cerebes tormo who is a proper tennis player for the loss of a single game and i mean i think we said a couple of days ago that or yesterday rather that the she she was just in really good form and re- there was intent all over her, Matt. But this one, I mean, it was it was reminiscent of what Emma Kanu did to the same player at the US Open.
2: Yeah, and I, and I put that to Danielle Collins. I said, Saras Ribes-Tormo has been one of the toughest players to beat. The only other time I've actually seen her get thrashed like that was against Emma Raducanu at the US Open, Did you watch it? Did you take inspiration from it? And she said, no, I didn't watch it. Um, (laughs) I I have my own game plan, my own tactics, you know, fair enough. Um, But yeah, I mean, she also said that it was one of those rare days where everything just comes together. It was just, you know, she basically said it was a perfect match from her side, executed everything she wanted to brilliantly. And you're just so pleased as a tennis player when you have a day like that because... I think, you know, she recognized it was, it was rare. Perfect performance. Everything. Just as she wanted, and she's absolutely crushed Sereva's torment.
3: Mm. And yet, it was so reminiscent of that Raducanu win that that the. I mean, I was the one who said to you, you weren't able to watch the first sort of set of that match because you were you were talking to Sloane Stephens, who'd won the previous match. And I, 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 that, I, that was my question, really. I said, you know, this looks like somebody who has taken inspiration from that type of performance, not not the scoreline as much as the the method of playing. And the, they, I, I, I often don't. Take a lot from some of the on-screen graphics that we get from broadcasters. I mean, they're often sort of very well presented and interesting, but I, I sometimes struggle to really understand the trends that I'm being given. But on this one particular graphic, they showed the the, the court placements of the two players relative in within the court, and and Tormo had zero percent of contact points inside the baseline <laughs> uh, after a set and a half. <laughs> Whereas Daniel Collins had more than sixty percent of her shots being struck inside the baseline, that's how much she was crowding her opponents, and and it was an incredible performance. And what really amused me was the look that was going on between the U.S. captain Kathy Rinaldi and Daniel Collins. Rinaldi was loving this performance <laughs> she was I, I I don't think I really remember her that much as a player but in terms of body language and a sort of Billie Jean King Cup style team performance that is what she is demanding of her players that is what she 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 looked like she, like the cat who got the cream while she was watching it she just couldn't get enough of watching Col- Collins just mullering the ball and and just destroying her opponents and and I did wonder whether there might have been a bit of extra on everything because of what went on last night and the fact that they thought they should have won that tie last night and they had match point in the doubles and they didn't end up winning it
2: i think you could well be right um i think kathy rinaldi carried over that energy that she was displaying right at the end of the doubles that mm. that, that you described last night where she sort of clenched her bicep at, <laughs> <laughs> at her players and it was it was that spirit and energy that both Stevens and in particular Collins brought to the court today. I've never seen a discrepancy like that. I don't think I've ever seen a player have 0% of their shots hit inside the court. I mean, that is staggering that it was like that for so long. You know, a whole set not even having a shot inside the court. Just, Just utter dominance from Collins. And yeah, quite the turnaround for the USA within 24 hours.
3: Mm. What what about Sloane Stevens? Because she won in rather more routine fashion, I suppose, on the scoreline, straight sets, but not as one-sided. And I know you spoke to her her afterwards as well.
2: Yeah, it was... An interesting match. Twelve breaks of serve in the two sets between them. It, it always felt like Stevens would win, but she just couldn't quite shake off her opponent, who was Nuria Parizas, who's, who, who came in. She's had a sort of really solid season, got a lot of wins at some of the lower levels. Is up at pretty much a career high ranking now. Um, and the one thing Stevens said, I asked her about the new format. This was her first taste of the new format, and she said, "Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's pretty weird." honestly, playing a national competition where neither team is in their home country. That was her first experience of that. And she said she she found the hardest thing being only finding out her opponent an hour in advance, um, mm. you know, because I think she was perhaps maybe preparing for Suarez Navarro, who had played Spain's first match. Um, so it took a little bit of time to adjust. Um, but yeah, I thought she played well. It was, it was a tricky match. Um, there was one moment where she sort of turned the momentum with an incredible defensive lob in the second set and that that sort of really got her going she got really fired up um, and generally it impressed she was in a good mood I sort of took the opportunity to ask her a bit more about her season generally because I think we felt with Stevens that she's been on the verge of something a lot this year you know yeah. about to put something together when she beat Kvitova at Wimbledon or Keys and Goff at the US Open and Pliskova and Mukova at the French Open. She had some really good wins and she's just not quite turned them into title runs as, as she has done in the past. Um, so I just said, you know, have you felt that yourself? And she said, yeah, I have. And she she went back to the start of the season where it was it was a dark time in, in her life. Um, and, it, you know, she was at a crossroads, I think, actually, in terms of how much to commit to the sport and she really made made the decision to commit fully and I think recognising that it would take her time, the results wouldn't come straight away, um, but she seems in a much better place, I think, than she was at the start of the year. She has had some good results and, you know, we've said it a lot, but I think tennis is a is a better even better place when Stevens is healthy and happy and playing well because I love watching her play and, yeah... There have been some signs this year that more good things to come from stan Stevens,
3: uh, and you would think more will come from her in this particular competition. Mm. Now that they're into the semifinals and she's won that, I know she, I know Shelby Rogers got the nod on day one, and I mean, wasn't a good performance from her yesterday, really. And I mean, she's capable of very good things, Rogers, but. Would you, I mean, you'd probably expect that you're not going to change this team now, are you? I mean, their, their next match is going to be on, on Friday, so there's a day in between. But, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah,
2: I think you're probably right. I mean, I do think they have a long look at the match-ups, don't they? And, you know, if, if it falls that Shelby Rogers has got a really good head-to-head over, you know, whoever her opponent will be in the semi-finals or who they expect it to be, maybe that could swing it, but... I agree. There was there was something a bit off with Shelby Rogers yesterday. It wasn't wasn't a great performance from her, and Stevens wasn't at her best. But she got the job done, got the win. You feel like she'll take some confidence from that. So, and obviously you're not going to drop Daniel Collins after the way she's been playing. So yeah, I think you're right. I think we probably will see Stevens and Collins in the semis for the US
3: and against Russia, Russia. because that was the match that was played earlier on in the day today, and sort of a a, a fairly similar position wasn't it because um france needed to win that tie 3-0 didn't Mm -hmm. they in order to in order to to get through and i mean they came out swinging they really came out swinging um and so the the first the first rubber was won by clara burrell and she beat to Alexandrova, and then the second match was an absolute humdinger, wasn't it? I mean, it was ultimately won by Anastasia Pavlichenkova who defeated Elise Corne in the third set. So that put the Russian team, who incidentally, why are they called RTF rather than Russia on the sort of the scoreboard?
2: I believe it's the same reason that they were the Russian Olympic Committee in Tokyo. I, I, I believe it's this um, ban that Russia have got Due to their drugs offences in in the recent past that they're not allowed to be called Russia in these national competitions but yeah officially it's the Russian Tennis Federation who is mm. competing at this in King Cup <laughs> finals. <so. laughs>
3: yes yes uh, but anyway uh, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova did the job and she somehow held off corne i mean just given her insight i mean i i, I watched that the first set of that and corne i don't quite know how but she 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 won the first set of that match and it was just a tug of war and then then i had to go away and do something else and the next thing i know pavly has two love up in the third set and it looks like it's all gonna go quite straightforwardly for her thereafter and then suddenly corne breaking back again and there's drop shots being thrown in and there's 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 angst everywhere all over the court. I mean, what, what was it like to be there for that match?
2: It was fantastic. It, it almost felt wrong. You know, it felt like it was a, a sort of best-kept secret because there weren't that many people in the stadium, you know, as we've been talking about, and yet there was this incredible tennis match going on before us. Um, and I think everyone who was there, you know, really did witnessed something special. Julien Beneteau, the the French captain, said he thinks it's one of the best matches he's seen this year, you know, even though it ended in defeat for his player. And yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think I sort of, it was, it was an interesting day overall because I went into it thinking that the drama and the excitement would come in the second tie. Um, I didn't have particularly high hopes for Russia versus France as a tie. And in the end, it was USA versus Spain. That was a bit of a blowout. And the morning session, yeah, it morphed into something really exhilarating. I, I thought to begin with, Igor Andreev might have dropped a bit of a clangor in resting Daria Kasatkina. Uh, that was sort of the big surprise when the lineups were revealed. Um, as you said, Alexandrova came in instead. Um, my understanding of his explanation was that he wanted to give Alexandrova a match. You know, she hadn't played in the first match. Um, so that she had some rhythm in case they needed her later in the tournament, which I guess I can understand. But, I mean, it's not like she hasn't played recently. She was, you know, she was playing 10 days ago in the in the Kremlin Cup. Um, but I think that's one of the interesting things about having a very deep squad. You know, you do have to make decisions as a captain. Almost, I sometimes think it might be easier, sometimes if you've only got two players and that decision is taken away from you. But obviously, obviously depth is a good thing to have. Um, but anyway, so... Burrell got the win over um, and a match with 17 breaks of serve. First time Burrell's ever beaten the top 50 player after eight previous defeats. She did really, really well to win that match, you know, knowing she had to win to keep France alive. It was her Billie Jean King Cup singles debut. I thought she was excellent. Um, and then it really did set up Cornet versus Pavlovchenkova And Corne as you said, was just in her element, you know, just bringing her intensity, which you expect from Cornet, but it just seemed heightened and she was sort of ready for the fight and got that first set. And then the second set and the third set were quite similar. Pavlikschenkova went up a double break in both of them. And both times Cornet fought back one break of serve but couldn't quite fight back to get the double break back. But it, honestly, it was it was outstanding. The quality was brilliant. As you said, lots of drop shots Um and yeah, I think Kornet a really effortful player, isn't she? You sort of, you see the effort she's putting in, you hear the effort she's putting in. And honestly, her brilliance sort of just inspired Pavlyuchenkova to go on to do even greater things as well. They just sort of kept pushing each other. And yeah, it was, it was a fantastic, fantastic contest.
3: You really saw what it meant to them both, which is what I loved about it. I mean, these are two players that are, you know, fairly long in the tooth for for, for players now these days. They've been around for a long time, both of them, and they're they're out on the feet at the end. And mm. you could see just how much it meant to to Pavlachenko. I mean, Matt afterwards did a basically a one on one at the press conference with with Let's just have a listen to it because it it tells you everything you need to know. Anastasia, well done. That was a very
2: special match. Um, Can you describe how you're feeling and what you thought the difference was today?
1: Thank you. Well, I'm really, really tired right now because I keep it all out there physically and emotionally, actually. Uh, in the end of the second set, I I even um, felt like I didn't have much voice left because I was uh, screaming and... um, Uh, because uh, I didn't feel actually so great uh, before the match, and in the first set I was a bit slow for some reason. I think because yesterday was also quite emotional and, you know, um, tough match, three-set match, and then today to start again um, took me some time. But um, in the end I found this amazing energy, and I was in that sort of zone and vibe that... um, I think that's the beauty of our sport and you don't get a chance to actually witness that uh, in every match, unfortunately. I also, I mean, thanks to Alize, she pulled, she pushed and pulled a lot of those out of me, um, thanks to her as well, and I think that was amazing, incredible fights and in spirit match.
2: There were lots of moments in the match where it was very tight very tense obviously she won the first set France had all the momentum from the first match Um, I think it had been a while since you'd won a match after losing the first set were you panicking at all at any stage or did you manage to actually stay quite calm and confident
1: no I wasn't panicking I was panicking um, a little bit in the first set actually when uh, beginning of the first set, I think I was four-two four down, and f- um, at some point I thought um, I wouldn't be able to maintain this level um, throughout the whole match. And because I know Alize is very um, competitive, tough opponent, and the surface is very slow, and um, you need to play like hours and long rallies. And um, so I, uh, so that moment I wasn't sure about that. But then in the end, you know, I, I lost the first set and. I said to myself, um, I'm not alone here. I also play for my country and my team. They're, they're supporting me, and I, I've said it doesn't matter. It's only one set. The match, match includes three sets, so then it means I'll have to play three sets, and then I'm, I'm going to give everything out there, but I'm not losing this because I said um, I didn't want to have the deciding doubles match and be like this in the box. So, um, yeah, um, I'm just also proud of myself with the way i um, pulled this victory
2: you said afterwards on the court that you were like tigers out there and you've just said it again now about there was no way you were gonna lose this match how rare is it obviously you're an amazing competitor but how rare is it to have that feeling
1: yeah i think that i am actually i think the key for that also is that um this competition is very different um uh, I have this uh, special energy from my teammates and from the team uh, on the side. The crowd is more lively, you know. Everything is more lively and you have more energy. And that's what's what missing, I think, when I play a singles tournament. Especially, I was struggling a lot. I struggle with the bubble and no crowd. And even now, we have a little bit of crowd, but still... It's not the same. I miss that atmosphere, and I think that's important for me to have that. And, um, uh, you know, yesterday, girls, actually, even Dasha, she wasn't sure. She asked me, uh, do you mind if I shout? And I said, of course. Please go ahead. Because she said, okay. I um, I saw you gave me that look. I was like, it's not. It wasn't for you. And you know, they they weren't sure. Should we just <laughs> go full or not? And but I prefer. I'm this kind of person that I need this energy to play.
2: We saw you dancing afterwards with Dasha. Can you talk about the? relationship you have with her it seems pretty special seems you're on the similar wavelength you understand each other
1: yeah i think um we have a similar vibe um like i um i just need to have fun on the court and off the court i think a lot of girls they Like, even on practice, during practice, I don't mind to have a little bit of a laugh. And, you know, you work hard, but you're also a human being. I mean, it's fine. You're allowed to smile or laugh during your practice or during the match. It doesn't mean that you're not fighting or not giving your best, you know. So I think some people, some girls, they're afraid of that or they forget that it's allowed, actually. I mean, or at least be yourself. So um, I'm just being myself, um, and that's how I feel that's how I express myself, I feel like dancing, so I dance, you know, (laughs) and um, Dash is the same, and I think when she's around me, she's allowed herself to do that a little bit more, because I see her sometimes, I think she wants to do it, but she's not sure, because nobody else is doing that, where with me, she just feels more comfortable, I think, and that's great to, to have her around here, especially.
3: You know, I, I've been watching Anastasia Pavlochenko for, for well over 10 years, Matt, and I remember when she she was the world number one junior and, and I remember when she came on the scene and she was this big hitter that everybody was expected to break through and, and a lot of the time I've sort of been a little bit underwhelmed by some of her Grand Slam achievements, certainly, and then this year suddenly she's had this this big moment where she's reached the Garros final and and I think that's fantastic that she had that. But to hear her talk with you about what it's what that match was like in front of not many people. Um, and, and she's admitting there that, that she loves a crowd Mm -hmm. and, and yet here she is just fighting tooth and nail as though she's in the Roland Garros final again. I mean, I, I think that tells you everything you need to know about what this event does to people, this type of event playing for your country and, I mean, look, it should be so much more than that, I think. I think that that's why I want the whole of tennis to get together and make these team events a priority. I want the tours and the Grand Slams and the ITF and everybody who's involved to just get together and bottle that match and stick it in front of the biggest crowd imaginable, stick it in a fantastic part of the calendar because... That's what you can get. That's what you invariably get in these tournaments. I mean, you know, you were you were privileged to be able to witness it close up and then talk to her afterwards. I'm just really glad we got to play that because I feel like I've learned something about Anastasia Pavlichenko in that chat with you that I didn't really know. After all these years, you know, after all these years, I feel like I've just got to know her a bit.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I was I was fortunate to have the time with her and and the access to sort of go pretty deep there um and look i couldn't agree more i think a a team event with players competing for their country should be the best thing in tennis you know it really should i think you you see it on the faces of the losing teams just how much it means and how much it hurts but also how much they enjoy just competing together um, and you see it on on the reactions of the players on court, how much they want to win for their yeah. team, for their country. Um, and yeah, I, I I thought it was really great to hear from Pavlovchenkova. I loved her answer about her relationship with Kasatkina. Just thought that was such a positive message she sent there, you know, in terms of, you know, surround yourself with people who lift you up and, you know, with people who you can be yourself around. And I think she sort of, Taken, she's taken Kazakina under her wing a little bit, and brings out Kasakina's personality when they're together. And they were, you know, they were dancing on the court together and just having a great time. There's, there's, there's a really nice connection between them. They go back, you know, five or six years now.
3: She's going to end up in that team, isn't she, Kazakina, for that match against the States?
2: I think so. I mean, yeah. As I said, I, I guess I can understand and Andreev giving Alexandrov a a run-out in case Kasatkina gets an injury or something. And in the end, it, it was a decision which worked because they won the tie and Alexandreva got some match time. But I think Kasatkina has to be the choice going forward.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
3: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So, disappointment for France, of course, Matt. And Caroline Garcia didn't get to play in the end.
2: No, she didn't. Um, I think the french journalist i spoke to on on monday was right you know his his hunch was that garcia wouldn't play i think i think that injury was perhaps worse than than we knew um just interesting going to their press conference in defeat you know as i said i think i think the fact it hurts is good actually because for france i think it it shows that they are perhaps warming to the new format um it will take some time for them to be fully Convince, but you know the whole point of this event is that you feel things joy winning together, sadness losing together, and France definitely had that this week they were They were proud of the way they fought today, and you know Corne said in french this is this is my translation, but she said what I experienced today on the court was no less powerful than what I felt in the other format, and you know she has played in front of huge crowds, um, and obviously that 's the that's the dream you want this event to be in front of huge crowds but the very fact of competing for your country still matters to these players um and i just thought that was it was an interesting insight from the losing team there just just how much they do care about it
3: Mm. yeah absolutely so, what have we got tomorrow, Matt? Because we know one semi-final: the United States against uh, the Russian Tennis Federation. <laughs> um, but what about the other the other semi-final possibilities? I suppose that are going to be decided tomorrow.
2: Yeah, so we've got a complicated uh, one in the morning involving some maths. You'll be you'll be delighted to hear, David. Oh, great! I'll leave that with you then. Um, that's Australia versus Belarus. Um, actually for australia it's simple if they win they're through and if they lose they're out what's complicated is that if belarus win they're not necessarily through Um, a three nil win will take them through and a two one win if they lose no more than two sets will take them through otherwise a two one win and losing more sets will mean that belgium go through Right. <laughs> I, don't worry, I won't be testing you on that in the morning. <laughs> uh, I will be constantly referring to my notes throughout the day for that. Uh, in the evening, however, it's simple and it should be brilliant. It is Czech Republic versus Switzerland, winner goes through.
3: Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. I can't and, wait. And
2: there's obviously some unanswered questions over uh fitness. You know, we saw mm. her injured and fatigued on... on on monday whereas switzerland looked brilliant against germany pingchicks looked yeah. in great form goliovic played takment could play so that is that is the one tomorrow i think
1: mm.
3: Uh, you may be wondering where Catherine Whitaker is tonight. Uh, she's not actually presenting TV, uh, which uh, is going on at the moment uh, with the Paris tournament. Catherine, is it a big fancy awards ceremony tonight? Uh, because she and the rest of the Amazon Prime Video team were up for the best sports production of the year for their US Open coverage and uh, quite rightly so I mean it was absolutely fantastic coverage uh, we're not we're not we're a bit biased because it's Catherine <laughs> but you know she led the whole thing and was was amazing and uh, so anyway we don't know if she's won or not um she's a winner as far as we're concerned regardless though right Matt
2: absolutely yeah, yeah. even even without the award but
3: yeah, also it's... you know would be nice we're crossing everything. We've never won anything. <laughs> spot. Uh, but, you know, one day we're going to win everything. We're going to win the lot. Um, but uh, anyway, fingers crossed for Catherine. Uh, on the subject of Paris, just quickly before we go, the the battle for the remaining two spots in Turin are just getting fascinating. Cameron Norrie today beat uh, Riley Opelka in straight sets. So pr- pr- very good performance, I thought. Uh, but s- so were... Um, Hubert Hurkacz who won today and Casper Ruud and apparently with the loss of Yannick Sinner today I think he's out of the equation he lost to Carlos Alcaraz in a, in a match I kind of wish I'd seen I must say uh, oh, but I don't guess worry I'll, we'll get to see that yeah we'll see that a few more twenty times more over times yes hope. yeah, so hopefully um, but yeah two out of three will go through I mean I think Norrie is very much the underdog because he's going to have to kind of he's got to win. Tomorrow, and that would put him into the quarterfinals. And I think he's probably even got to win the quarterfinal, um, because and then it's likely to be Novak Djokovic. So <laughs> good luck with that. um <laughs> But uh, anyway, it'll be it'll be fascinating, really, to see what what ends up happening in uh, in Paris. And uh, we will bring all of the news to you when we get it over the next few days. We'll have another tennis podcast tomorrow evening uh, we have our executive producer Chris Albert Lee we have our mascot who's our mascot for the week uh, Matt it's two, do- two cats isn't it I'm getting all my words wrong it's two cats yes Samson and Chester
2: who uh, featured in our in our newsletter today sign up to that uh, they were looking resplendent
3: Yes, they certainly were. Yeah, sign up to the newsletter. Quite right. Um, And, yeah, we have our own individual mascots. Mine is Rogue. Matt's is Scousel Mousel. uh, Catherine's is Zeus. Uh, Get on our Instagram page if you want to see uh, all of Catherine's snapshots from awards night because uh, we're we're putting them all over the the Instagram page. And, yeah, we'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow night after play. Um, Loving watching the Billie Jean King Cup. We're hoping Matt might run into Billie Jean King at some point. Um, But, uh, yeah, that that would be be something, wouldn't it? Uh, And we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for your company tonight. See you then.
0: it.